48K News. One o'clock, I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Rowdy scenes outside the Foreign Correspondents Club ahead of a controversial speech by the convener of a club of a party advocating independence. The High Court rejects a bid to delay the opening of the West Kowloon terminus of the express rail line. And an advocacy group says Hong Kong is dragging its feet in moving to implement UN recommendations on eliminating racial discrimination. About 100 protesters from a number of pro-Beijing groups have demonstrated outside the FCC ahead of a speech by the convener of the Hong Kong National Party, Chan Ho Tin. Members of the Treasure Group put up banners opposite the FCC, accusing it of giving Mr Chan a platform to spread his pro-independence views. Representatives of Voice of Loving Hong Kong also marched from Central MTR station to the FCC, calling on the government to take back the premises and stop leasing it to the club. Patrick Ko is a member of Voice of Loving Hong Kong. We, as a Hong Kong citizen and also a Chinese, we are so angry with him because uh, we don't want our country, China, to separate. Around a dozen members of the Defend Hong Kong campaign, meanwhile, submitted a letter to Chief Executive Carrie Lam demanding national security legislation. The chairman of Polity HK Social Strategy, Innes Tang, says it's illegal to promote Hong Kong independence and treason. He spoke to Emily Kwok. We're here today to express our anger to the very rude uh, arrangement by FCC to invite uh, Alan Chan of the Hong Kong National Party to have a speech here today. Because we think that there's a treason, it's a treason act, it's illegal. So we're here today to express our anger. Uh, do you think there is a he- very heavy police presence today? Yeah, of course, because uh, there is a uh, 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 subject. So every Hong Kong people should take, uh, should be considered very seriously because uh, we are seeing some uh, potential crime happen- happening here today. Pro-establishment lawmaker Junius Ho, meanwhile, warned that the FCC may have breached the law by inviting Mr Chan to talk and the club should not be allowed to stay in the SAR. A group of pro-democracy and pro-independence demonstrators mounted a rival protest across the street from the FCC but were blocked by police from getting closer to the FCC building where the pro-Beijing protesters are standing. Officers removed at least two activists from outside the Fringe Club and dragged them across the street. One of them, Wayne Chan from the Students' Independence Union, says this is unfair. When we were discussing there, and uh, some police, PTU police, they come to me and warn me three times within one minute and they... They just bring me out of that area. So we, I, I, I was discussing with one of the police. And we, it was a peaceful discussion. But the police force, the other police force like PTU, they used some violence to bring me out. Ahead of the luncheon speech, the FCC's first vice president, Victor Mallet, went outside to accept a petition from the leader of the Defend Hong Kong campaign, Kenny Poe, in the middle of a group of noisy protesters. I just want to say that we're very grateful that everybody is able to exercise freedom of speech and freedom of association here in Hong Kong. Mr Chan is expected to start speaking at about quarter past one. The High Court has rejected an application to delay the opening of the West Kowloon terminus of the express rail line over questions of its legality. Here's Richard Pine. The injunction was being sought by Young Spiration's Sixtus Leung and former civil servant Kwok Chuk Kin, who argued that the bill passed by LegCo that would allow mainland officers to operate at the terminus is unconstitutional. Judicial review applications against the law will be heard on October the 30th, but train services are expected to begin next month. 
Judge Anderson Chow ruled that not granting the interim injunction carried the lower risk of injustice, as granting it would lead to considerable financial losses and damage to Hong Kong's reputation. Forecasters say tropical storm Babinka could strengthen later today, but the observatory is unlikely to issue a higher typhoon signal before six o'clock. The strong wind signal number three remains in force. At midday, the slow-moving storm was about 150 kilometres away from Hong Kong to the southwest. Senior scientific officer Lee Shukming says Babinka will be moving within 100 kilometres of Hong Kong between midnight tonight and sunrise. Right now, Babanka uh, still stayed in the strength of tropical uh, storm. We forecast it may uh, intensify slightly because uh, it is uh, still uh, right over the seas. It is forecast to move northward slowly, gradually edging closer to the Pearl River Delta region. With the present forecast track, it is expected that the chance of gales or storm Signal number 8 before 6 p.m. is relatively low. The advocacy group Hong Kong Unison says it hasn't seen the government implement many recommendations made nine years ago by a United Nations committee and lacks the will to really eliminate all forms of racial discrimination. Phyllis Cheung cited reform of the Equal Opportunities Commission to make it an independent statutory body as one key demand. Ms Cheung joined the Hong Kong delegation that attended the UN committee meeting in Geneva on racial discrimination. To a great extent, the committee members were able to pick up some of the very critical issues that are facing ethnic minorities in Hong Kong right now. And they raised the concerns to the Hong Kong delegation, the government delegation. But the unfortunate thing is, because time was very limited today, uh, it has been nine years ago when the last report was handed. So time was very limited. And although our government was asked to uh, reply some of the questions, the Undersecretary of the Constitutional Affairs and uh, Mainland Affairs and Bureau decided not to answer and tells everyone to refer to the written reply instead. So that was a bit disappointing. An economist says the government should think about paying commissions to sales staff at banks who successfully sell the government's annuity scheme. This comes after a lukewarm response to the government's first annuity plan, which was rolled out last month. Only 9,410 elderly people expressed an interest, and they subscribed to less than half of the $10 billion on offer. Andy Kwan, the director of ACE Centre for Business and Economic Research, says he agrees with HKMC Annuity that banks' marketing may be to blame, but says that's not surprising because the the government offered no incentives for them to sell its product. You can't ask people to do the charity thing for, for the government, okay? Even uh, maybe uh, banks may have get some uh, minimum uh, commission, but not enough to pay the frontline workers. So I think uh, the government should think like uh, to give uh, next time, okay, to give uh, commissions or bonuses to people who sell their annuity. A former Australian Roman Catholic Archbishop won't go to prison for concealing crimes of child sex abuse and will instead serve his one-year sentence at home. The BBC's Hal Griffiths reports. Philip Wilson is the most senior Catholic figure in the world to be found guilty of concealing child abuse. In the 1970s, he was contacted by the victims of a paedophile priest, but for decades he failed to alert the police. The court has found the 67-year-old, who resigned as a Catholic archbishop last month, can serve his 12-month detention order at his sister's home. It may involve wearing an electronic tag. He can apply for parole after six months. Philip Wilson's lawyer told the court that he is to appeal against his conviction. 
President Trump has again hit out at the former White House staffer and television celebrity Omarosa Manigo Newman after she released an audio recording of a conversation she said she'd had with the president. In it, a male voice says he did not know she'd been sacked from her White House job and that he does not leave her, love her leaving. However, in a series of tweets yesterday, Mr. Trump said people at the White House hated Ms. Manigo Newman, even though he'd wanted to kept on because she had nothing but great things to say about him. A European charity that runs a rescue ship in the Mediterranean has again called on EU governments to allow it to dock to let the 141 migrants aboard disembark. The Aquarius has registered in Gibraltar and rescued the migrants off the Libyan coast on Friday. Here's the BBC's Gavin Lee. For three years, the Aquarius and other charity-run ships used Italy as their main departure and return point for their humanitarian efforts to search for and rescue migrants from flimsy boats off the Libyan coast. The spokesman for the Gibraltar government says it's in the process of terminating the registration agreement for the Aquarius because the crew has breached its terms by operating as a rescue ship when it's registered as a survey vessel. The European Commission has confirmed that several EU countries are still in talks over whether to accept the 141 migrants which were rescued at the weekend. Cuba has begun a three-month period of public debate on its new constitution. The first draft was approved by the National Assembly last month and will be discussed in thousands of workplaces. Here's the BBC's Will Grant. The changes in front of the Cuban people encompass a wide range of social, economic and even slightly political reforms to the Soviet-era constitution. Most noticeable are the recognition of private property and the decision to remove the word communism from the island's stated aims, replacing it with a more palatable socialism. In political questions, presidential term limits have been proposed with a maximum of two consecutive five-year terms the final document will go to a referendum next year. And business, the mainland economy is showing signs of cooling further with investment slowing to a record low and retail sales falling. Fixed asset investment growth slowed more than expected to 5.5% in the first seven months of the year. The weakest pace on record going back to early 96. Retail sales also missed expectations. Sales rose 8.8% in July from a year ago. There's been some respite for the Turkish lira, which is only tr- which is trading only marginally lower on Asian markets. Measures introduced by the authorities in Ankara yesterday appear to have stemmed the collapse in the value of the currency. The White House said it was monitoring the financial situation in Turkey very closely. An economic advisor said the sell-off couldn't have been prompted by additional U.S. tariffs on Turkish steel and aluminium exports, as the sector made up only a tiny part of the Turkish economy. But Turkish officials have accused the U.S. of stabbing the country in the back. Ahmet Berat Jonka is an MP with the governing AK party. Right now we are facing a financial attack. Uh, this is a speculative, manipulative attack. And we know that this has foreign dimensions and also uh, fueled by the United States' apparent trade war that they opened at this point. Shares in the German chemical conglomerate Bayer have fallen sharply on the first trading day after its recent acquisition. Monsanto lost a lawsuit over its Roundup weed killer. The value of the parent company tumbled 10%, closing at an almost five-year low. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.85 yen. The euro is standing at one US dollar and 14 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and two cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,645, 290 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $50 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung.
The opening ceremony of the Asian Games in Jakarta is still four days away, but some of the team competitions are already underway. Hong Kong's men's handball team made a brilliant start with victory over the host nation, and they took a big step towards a historic quarterfinal berth. Twelve teams are divided into four groups of three. Only the top two advance from each group. Hong Kong beat Indonesia 40 to 17 in their opening match. A win over Saudi Arabia tomorrow will put Hong Kong into the last eight for the first time. The women's team opened against Japan on Thursday. Meanwhile, Hong Kong's men's football team resumed their campaign tomorrow with a match against Chinese Taipei. The Taiwanese are coming off a 4-0 defeat to Indonesia on Sunday. Hong Kong won their opening match 3-1 against Laos on Friday. They can top their group with another win. Staying with football, Chelsea's Brazilian winger Willian says there's no chance he'd still be at Chelsea if Antonio Conte were still in charge. Conte, who led Chelsea to the English Premier League title in 2017, was sacked in July after the team finished fifth last season. The BBC's Rob Schofield has more. Rumors began of a rift between these two last season when Conte was blocked out of the team's FA Cup-winning photo on Willian's Instagram account with trophy emojis. But the Brazilian hasn't left anyone guessing this time around. When asked if he would have stayed if Conte had remained in charge, Willian replied, "No chance, no." It would seem the 30-year-old winger is now relishing what he calls fun football under new manager Maurizio Sarri. Chelsea host Arsenal on Saturday, and Willian added, "Now we have a different style." That's why we can create problems. To tennis, Andy Murray is out of the Cincinnati Masters. The former world number one, who's fighting his way back to fitness ahead of the U.S. Open, was beaten in three sets by the number 16 seed Lucas Puyol of France. The other early winners include the 13th seed Pablo Carena Busta and Kei Nishikori. In the women's singles, Serena Williams breezed past Daria Gavrilova 6-1-6-2. Victoria Azarenka came from a set down to beat Carla Suarez Navarro. There were also wins for Svetlana Kuznetsova and Madison Keys. Now to some sad news in pro wrestling. The former WWE star Jim the Anvil Neidhart has died at age 63. Neidhart, who has been suffering from Alzheimer's disease, died of injuries after falling in his home in Florida. Neidhart and his brother-in-law Bret the Hitman Hart formed one of wrestling's top tag teams, the Hart Foundation, in the late 1980s. The two-time tag team champions are best remembered for their innovative moves in the ring, as well as their iconic pink and black outfits. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again: rowdy scenes outside the Foreign Correspondents Club ahead of a controversial speech. The High Court rejects a bid to delay the opening of the West Kowloon terminus and express rail line. And an advocacy group says Hong Kong is dragging its feet in moving to implement UN recommendations on eliminating racial discrimination. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RTHK.